0: Good morning, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to the Wednesday wall I am Craig Borden here with my co-host, Brendan Panikar. What's going on, my friend?
1: Not much, buddy. How are you?
0: Doing wonderful. It's, uh, you know, raining and cold and disgusting, but I always cheer up just, you know, enough time to watch baseball, but it has been a little hard to watch lately.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's uh, that's a bit of an understatement, my friend. Luckily, I only caught the last little bit of Sunday's game was off doing family stuff over the weekend. So I didn't get to see any of those shenanigans that happened on Friday or Saturday, but uh, at least they came back and won on Saturday.
0: Yeah. There's enough going on in Toronto sports right now to keep people in the, I'm going to say the wind column <laughs> to not know yeah. what's going on with the blue Jays right now.
1: Exactly. So much. The city's completely engulfed now that police have a, a two, one lead on the Bruins and people may start to panic even more after the the Raptors lose. So hopefully that's not the case, but, uh, we'll continue to try to bring some good news and shed some positives on our baseball team.
0: Yeah, and hopefully it only gets better from here because I think you're bottoming out right now. <laughs> uh,
1: it has uh, not been pretty. I mean, I think Brandon Drury in a nutshell, he's striking out almost 45% of his at-bats. That's going to change. But, I mean, still, it's just been not very good baseball offensively and on the base pass.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk all about all that kind of good stuff here in a minute, buddy, but it it has been – the Brandon Drury thing might be a microcosm of what's going on with this team. We know you can do better, but But you're not yet. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. It it's uh, see Brandon Drury, it looks like he's got something going on in his head. He's tried either a little too much, and a lot of it they're saying on the radio, and, and now I just kind of clued into that. A lot of his strikeouts he's been looking at called third strikes. So I don't know what he's looking for, maybe overthinking things, but he's just got a try his best to simplify things and uh, just get back in a good mindset. I think that's the main thing for Brandon Jury. We know he can hit. We saw that the first few games against the Tigers at the beginning of the year. So hopefully he can get back to that soon because if they want to get going, then they definitely will need to uh, go up there.
0: And they have the potential. I think it's like you were saying, getting back to the simplicity of the game kind of thing here that they need to focus on. I'm going to put on my engineering hat for my day job here for five seconds, and they need to get back to the KISS principle, which is keep it simple, stupid. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that, that is pretty good for an Keep it as simple as possible, stupid.
0: <laughs> Tend to overthink things, and I think that's exactly what's going on in this clubhouse. They know they're a better team than this. It's, it, you can see it in flashes, little spurts, and bits and pieces of things coming together. And then to only get like literally pimp slapped to oblivion to something like what happened with Teoscar Hernandez last night.
1: Yeah, you know what, man? I, luckily, I didn't see that live, but I think uh, Gregor Chissel summed it up well. Let me find that tweet that he put out there last night for everybody. Let me find it because it is actually one of the best tweets that I've seen so far this year. Yeah, he said this. If you're watching the Leafs game, this is what you just missed. On a 2-2 count, Brandon Drury took a ball. Thought he walked, took off his gear, started walking to first. Teoscar was in first. Got confused. Started walking to second base, and he got tagged out. So there's laps. (laughs)
0: So there's that. (laughs) And it's one thing for one player to have a lapse in how many outs? You see it all the time. It's the Larry Walker handing the ball to the kid at the end of the inning and then grabbing it and throwing it back into the infield, you know. (laughs) It's that principle. It happens. It's baseball. We're human, and these kind of things happen. It's just part of the game. But from one player to not not notice it and then infecting basically another player that clearly wasn't paying attention to the same thing that was going on mind blowing, Brennan.
1: <laughs> it is. And you know what? I think everybody saw for the first time last night, Charlie Montoyo, what he looks like when he's actually mad. And he's totally in the right to be that way too, because man, I don't know how this guy's keeping his composure and the mental mistakes just keep on piling up, even though it didn't cost them. You saw Alan Hansen and um, Billy McKinney collide in shallow right field yesterday. From just either maybe Hansen didn't hear McKinney or McKinney didn't hear Hansen, but man, that, that, that kind of stuff has to be cleaned up because there's obviously, a, there's not as much talent in this roster uh, as there has been the last few years, obviously. So that's going against you. But when you start making mental mistakes like they have, that's just a double whammy and that, screams a team that just is not going to be very good.
0: Yeah, especially with the Teoscar. I think that was two players that are tenured kind of at this point, basically. I know a lot of that's due to guilty by proxy, because <laughs> there's nobody else that's been on this team as long as they have. Mm-hmm. But, those are the guys... Drury's a Major League Baseball player, we know that. Teoscar has won the job, and he's running with it. It just seems weird to me that those... they had a lapse. The Billy McKinney, Allen Hansen thing, where they collided... I can see that happening a little bit more because they're both young, raw. They're playing in new places. But I just don't know how Alan Hansen did not hear anything from Billy McKinney. And not to mention, that's not even close to being his ball anyways. He was basically playing in shallow right field when he caught that ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of stuff you do see on time to time. Even veteran players too, but it's that kind of stuff that really needs to be cleaned up but just to have such a stupid mental lapse like the Oscar did on the base pass yesterday, he's damn lucky that he made up for that with that absolute moonshot in the, uh, what was it, the eighth inning to put them ahead five to three. So he's damn lucky that he made up for that rather quickly and people were obviously able to forgive him quite quickly, but had he not, that could have been, uh, well, it was at the point, obviously a huge turning point because Smoke ended up walking and it could have had two men on and, and one left out. So but luckily he didn't come back to her
0: that could have been the difference between him being Lourdes Gurriel Jr. right now or not. Yeah. I feel for Lourdes, man. Because one thing,
1: it's basically what he did last year, He didn't. he's not overly good defensively. I think he's more natural shortstop, as we're seeing. So he's just got to get his bat right. And if he's not doing anything, it's perfectly okay if not a panic move to send him down. Because if he's not doing anything, he's uh, not doing nothing but hurt the team. And it's only going to affect his confidence going forward.
0: Yeah, I think they honestly, I really like the play with Loris because he wasn't doing much with the bat either. So, what the, the way the game plan has been working that they're going to send him down, he's going to get right at the bat first, right? They more or less said that he's going to be DHing the first four games that he's back, right? So, you get him right, get yeah. the plate, let him start seeing some better pitches, which was starting to happen, but then it was quickly undone by him all of a sudden swinging at one that was 10 miles outside the strike zone. So, you get him right at the plate, which I think will build his confidence up, and then he can start working on playing second base now that Sogard is not taking up that place in Buffalo right now. Let him work on the stuff that they quote-unquote have been working on that he has down to a science before the game, but then when the bright lights turn on, Brendan, apparently he's Chuck Knoblocken.
1: this <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And I believe his first at-bat today, he hit a screaming double uh, in his first plate appearance. So, Yeah. He just got to get himself right. He knows he can hit. We've all seen him being able to hit before, but uh, the defensive thing has to be cleaned up, and it only adds more fuel to the organization in the front office who was not ready to give the full-time shortstop uh, duties to Luis Gurriel at the beginning of the year because of uh, that's why they went out and Freddie Galvis, but uh, uh, I think There's the only reason why brilliant. he ended up with... Yeah, exactly, which I was absolutely brilliant on, but... It, uh, if not for Devin Travis's injury to start the year, there was a, probably could have been a case for Lourdes to maybe even start in AAA or just be a roaming bench player. It's only adding fuel to the fire that he's just going to be a Ben Zobrist type. He's not going to be solidified at any position. He'll roam around a bit in the off-field maybe uh, and around the diamond. And, uh, I mean, hey, if he turns out to be anything close to Ben Zobrist, then that's nothing but good.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, I wonder still how much of the – quote-unquote him being a Ben Zobris type is actually part of the problem. Me, I played baseball all the way in through college, and I never had a home. I was this number 10 guy on the starting nine. (laughs) I played a different position every day. I got so sick of carrying so much frickin' leather in my bag (laughs) because I had to have, like, seven different baseball clubs. (laughs) How much of that does weigh on a player and is adding into these mental lapses that he's having once the bright lights do kick on brendan maybe it is time to just say no for this season at least you're a second baseman stop messing with it
1: yeah definitely you got to get comfortable one position before you can start learning others so i uh 100 agree with that
0: so that'll be you know gone to see i guess but why don't we dive into where we left everybody off last week with we had the off day between the Red Sox home opener where we stole the show and what they came back to take is a series split in the two games, man.
1: Yeah, and you know what? They definitely should have swept that game if not for Ken Giles coming and blowing it. I mean, and Giles has been so good to this point in the season that, hey, he was going to blow a save and get up a run from time to time, but, man, it would have been so awesome had they held on and ended up sweeping the Red Sox there because, they could have taken even more advantage of a team that hasn't gotten off to a great start. But you know what? Again, that's kind of a microcosm of what the season's been. They just haven't gotten it done at the times they need to, whether it's the big hit or guys getting out of innings, like we'll dive into a little bit Javi Gera not being able to get any outs when he came in on Friday against the Rays. They've been close in so many games, whether it's just the offense not doing stuff or pitchers coming out of the bullpen that just can't get outs and keep it a one-run game if they're down one or whatever. So... Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate, but I think the Giles Bone Save, which will happen again, but don't get us wrong, but uh, kind of an a early season sign that uh, yeah, this is what they are, and it's going to happen again. So don't get overly frustrated, but it would have been nice to have that uh, serious sweep.
0: Yeah, and I think that game shows a lot of what is going on with this team, right? It's like we're um, out of our eight cylinder engine, we're only hitting on five cylinders. <laughs> You know, not all of it's right, running in perfect synchronicity. And you saw the hamster <laughs> fall off the wheel in that one. But Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I don't even know if they're operating on five right now. <laughs> I think they <laughs> might be getting might uh, more credit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's a little bit more credit than they deserve right now. But hopefully last night and a few games over the weekend uh, are a little bit more indicative of what they can be going forward.
0: Yeah, and... Going through the series with the Rays, there was ups, there was downs, there was all over the places, but the one consistent thing that I happened to be noticing as I was watching this game was the errors, the little misplays, the... Ah, I can't even say inexperience, Brendan. It's hard to say, but when you're somehow winning a game on Saturday night with three errors, that's not right.
1: It's got to be cleaned up. <laughs> if... Uh... They didn't get such a good start on Saturday from Buckles, and the bullpen kept it the way it was. And those are games you're going to end up losing over the course of a long season. And like you're not very good to start with, and you're making errors in the field and everything, I mean, we saw that in 2015, right before Tulo got here. The Blue Jays lost a lot of games in 2015 in the first half by just playing really, really sloppy defense. You can't have that out on the field. You got to clean that up if you want to uh, have winning streaks and put winning streaks together, but uh, build momentum and confidence for the long run.
0: Yeah. So. Over the past four games, cause I'm going to lump the Rays series with game one of the Twins series for this stat just because, you know, fun. <laughs> the Blue Jays have only scored one run before the seventh inning in those four games. That's nuts. Again, that's basically how it's been. They've been one of the best teams from the seventh inning
1: on with the offense. Yeah, I mean, that offense is a little more spread out to one through six, their record could be a whole lot better than it's been to this point.
0: Yeah, and it, it, you can't win too many baseball games when you're starting finally doing part of the game a third of the way, well, two-thirds of the way through it. It just doesn't add up. And, and, and they can do, like you said, it's just as simple as spreading that around a little bit.
1: And and when your starters are giving you such good start and keeping you in the game to be able to come back and win when, when you finally start scoring, that, too, is not going to continue for the entirety of the season. So... Imagine what it would be like if this starting rotation hadn't got off to the start that it did. This record could be a whole lot worse than what we've seen so far.
0: Yeah, it's not Ken Giles or some blowing every game. It's one game out of like what, thirty six he ended up saving straight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the bullpen outside of a couple select few has been very good. Joe B. Genie picked up his second career save the other day, his first since twenty fifteen or no, twenty seventeen, I think they said. So Yes. Either way, the, the, the talent's there, and you hit the nail on the head, my friend. The starting pitching has been immaculate. Outside of a couple starts from John Reed Foley, the one half of that start that you got to witness in Cleveland, and Trent Thornton's third start, this has been an untouchable pitching staff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so good to see. Especially, I think the common theme from almost every episode is you're either going to continue to build your trade value and get a whole lot in return, or you know what, man, just keep these guys and roll with the same rotation into 2019 because there's still that talent gap between what they have at the major league at the major leagues right now and guys who are ready to step up and take the place of guys like Sanchez and Strowman and Shoemaker. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen if they continue pitching well. I guarantee one of those top three will be dealt, but uh, there's an equal case as I was discussing with our buddy Adam Corsair on Wednesday on his on his show on South of the Six that. Uh, and if they keep on pitching well, and with a improved offense next year, full year of Vladdy and maybe Gurriel will be back up here, Jansen, all those guys, they could be competitive as soon as twenty twenty rolls around.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll do the quick minor league wrap up here in a little bit, which includes your Vlad watch, everybody. So stay tuned. Don't get a, don't yeah, get too some, crazy. There's
1: some news. There's some news <laughs> there. Actually, we won't uh, dive into that now, but uh, stay tuned for that.
0: Yeah. So, but to put a bow on the Rays series, anyway. I think the biggest standout from that series is the fact that Clay Buckholz actually looks like what we paid for at this point. That was a great team he faced. They had a great night on Friday, and he comes in and decimates them.
1: Yeah, well, I don't. I, I was with Adam the other day. I was saying I would have been fine with four or five innings from Clay Buchholz, uh, in his first start of the year. Obviously, still getting his pitch count worked up to around 100, but he did much better than I thought he was going to do didn't look overly sharp gave up some pretty hard contact in that game but he is still able to just give up one run over six innings he takes take that every single time out from a guy at the back end of your rotation if he can continue that he could himself play himself into a, a trade candidate as well at the deadline
0: yeah six hits over six innings, he only threw 69 pitches and made it that far into the game. That's pretty impressive against the Tampa Bay Rays lineup that they've been trucking out there that is currently, I believe, the first place team? Or did the Orioles oh, yeah. somehow figure that one out? <laughs> I believe Tampa's still in first, yeah. Um, but he only allows one earned run and no walks, strikes outs. Just peppering the strike zone, man. 45 for 69 for strikes on that day. This is what you're going to get from Clay Buckholtz, and this is what um, at least until his little resurgence that he had last year, I was starting to see as the downfall of Clay Buchholz as he was losing that strike zone in his last few years as a Red Sox. If he found this man, it, like you, this is a good trade chip. This is somebody key for a uh, playoff run for somebody that's going to be clearly looking for a fifth starter. Milwaukee Brewers, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I think they could use a few starters in the rotation. Hey, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I you know what, man? When you start seeing pitchers who are once pretty good, and Buckles was good for a few years there with the Red Sox, and they start to lose it, they got to rediscover how they can continue their MLB career and get guys out with either less velocity, not as much spin on your breaking stuff, and maybe Clay Buckles has done that the last few years with some health, but also, yeah, uh, you never know, man. If you run in with the right pitching coach and he unlocks something, you, you never know how much longer you can continue to pitch, so hopefully... What he started on Saturday is just a continuation of what he did with the Diamondbacks last year. If that's the case with man, he uh he could be one of their better starters every fifth time through the rotation. Yeah.
0: So let's now that we have him taking over the place, so one of the places that we had kinda of lingering in that rotation, one of the odd men out that now has a solid spot, I think. Thomas Pannon, man. He threw three innings on Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Including an immaculate inning. Nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts.
1: Oh, that (laughs) was, uh, I think, beauty. I caught the last inning of Panone's outing there. Yeah, just pounding the strike zone. And we said, I believe, last week, uh, and you could say the same thing with San Gaviglio. I don't think these guys are good enough or have the arsenal to be able to go two times through in a batting order, but they have enough to go one time through. And we saw with Panone going three innings the other day. He can go through, and he can pound the strike zone, too, and if you don't pound the strike zone, you're not going to have immaculate innings, but he's got good stuff, man, and I think his role in the bullpen right now, we could see him maybe pull a Joe Biagini from 2016 where you start in lower-leverage situations, continue to pitch well, earn the trust of your manager, and maybe towards the end of the year, you start pitching in some higher-leverage situations. Maybe this could be a permanent home for Thomas Panone if he ends up being really good the rest of the year in the bullpen. I still think we'll see him get the odd spot starter, too, to give some of the starters a break. But right now, him and San Gavilio in their roles could be very good bullpen arms uh, for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, Panone's stuff is carrying really well. I don't know if it's just because, like you said, the only seeing the batters the one time, which is a trend with certain pitchers throughout the years. We've seen it a bunch of times. That was clearly Joe Biagini's issue. (laughs) But watching him... Panone the other day, and if you thought the, the nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts thing was impressive, he actually only threw 39 pitches during that outing. 30 of them were for strikes. Doesn't allow yeah. a hit through three innings, and strikes out four total. That's insane. No, He yeah. was perfect for three innings.
1: He was. Go out, go out there, pump the zone with what you got, trust your stuff, and you're going to have more outings like you saw for Thomas Pannon the other day. I mean, I don't think he's going to have another immaculate yeah. inning, but... At the same time, he could be quite effective in that role. And actually, right now, as we were talking about, that immaculate inning on Blue Jay Central on Sportsnet, they're showing the only other three starters who've done that, Steve Delabar in 2013 and Roger Clemens back in 1997. Pretty yeah. impressive list.
0: You literally lifted me on that for like five seconds. I got... <laughs> <laughs> head on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> pull, your, pull your thunder there, my friend. Well, that's a good reason we're that's best friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... I. I And then Sam Gavilio on the other side of that. So you had that lefty-righty combination coming out of the pen. And we saw some of the inconsistencies from Tim Meza. I think this thing for Pannone is going to stick for the rest of the season, just unless we get another lefty arm. And not to mention he's able to do the extended innings to get lefties and righties out. It's very good.
1: Yeah, I believe they were saying last night in the broadcast that Gavilio has discovered another pitch or something that works well against lefties. And hey, man, if he has, then there's no reason to think that he can't continue to be successful in uh, in his role in the bullpen. I liked his stuff last year. I thought he was actually pretty decent in a starting role, but even in the bullpen, when he when he pitched out of there for a little while, it was uh, it was good stuff. It's uh, very nice to see both Gavilio and Panone going out there, trusting their stuff, counting the zone, and they're really carving out nice little roles for themselves in the bullpen to stay here long term in the in the for the rest of the year at least.
0: Yeah, and these are. This adding to the list of the key guys that are solidifying at least niche roles with the Major League Club that this new management has brought in, we've seen what Trent Thornton can do. Yes, he had one bad outing so far. I honestly think his control and the tight strike zone that day were a little bit of that problem, so I'm wanting to see another start, and I'm very excited to see another start from him. Um, But this is how you build a team, and this has been going well so far. It's not going as fast as everybody might want, but these are the little things I have to click right for this team to be good.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is the year to discover who's going to be here in 2020 and 2021. And that was a common theme of what we talked about a lot in the offseason. Just, you know what, you've got to go out there, establish your role, and prove to the front office that you deserve to be around here for the long haul in the next quarter of Vlad Jr. and Bill Bichette. And some of these guys are starting to do that already, which is nice to see.
0: So, now that I've built you up on that. <laughs> does alan hansen and socrates brito <laughs> so have a place in this team uh i'm gonna drop
1: an f-bomb uh fuck no <laughs> <laughs> for
0: warning i uh our younger listeners earmuffs
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly put your earmuffs pause it before uh, you get to that part but no i honestly man i don't know what the hell socrates brito's doing up here it's nothing and there's a reason why other organizations didn't keep him around. The Padres, BSA, him. the Diamondbacks got rid of him. And you know what sucks, especially to see, is how much Dwight Smith Jr. is absolutely raking with the Baltimore Orioles right now. Now that getting steady at-bats. Could you have not kept Dwight Smith Jr. around to be the fourth outfielder for this team, especially if you knew you were probably going to trade Kevin Pillar and you were going to end up doing this with Anthony Alford and keeping him down there in Buffalo? Dwight Smith Jr. would be such a shot in the end of this team right now. i loved him the last few years. He showed when he was up here that he could be a good fourth outfielder and provide you with some really good at-bats. So it is yeah. even more infuriating to see Socrates Brito up here when you see Dwight Smith Jr., who could have been the perfect fourth outfielder, just absolutely rake in Baltimore right now.
0: Yeah, and then you got the other part of that, that Anthony Alfer is really doing well in the Meyer Leagues with the Buffalo Bisons as well. But honestly, I... I I might have gotten a chance to see Dwight Smith Jr. just a little bit more, as I know you go to the games all the time, but here down in Buffalo, you know, I, get, I got to see him all the time. This guy struck me as a guy that was going to find a way to contribute to a win every day, regardless of what that might be. Very in the much part, maybe not to the extent right now of how good Freddie Galvis is, but he's just going to find a way to scrape something together to get your team going. And I, that was the kind of guy I always thought Dwight Smith Jr. was. And I am seeing that in spades now that he's with the Baltimore Orioles that are somehow contending right now. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, clearly, my friend, I don't think we need to worry about them for too much longer. But, yeah, I just think it's de- uh, getting at-bats for Dwight Smith Jr. That's what he needed and it's something that he couldn't get here last year. But you are telling me he couldn't get a good amount of at-bats with this year's team. It's a little bit of, I wouldn't call it roster mismanagement, but at the same time, it kind of is.
0: Yeah. And just the fact that you're telling me that there's I, I, I'm so infuriated every time I see a frickin' headline about Socrates Britos the next sliced bread, you know. <laughs> uh, it just it's slaying me and I'm sick of reading about it. There is nobody in hell that is claiming this guy off of waivers right now if we let him go. Just let him go to Buffalo. Yeah. Get it over yeah,
1: with. Yeah. I completely agree. And you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if he's next on the chopping block. When, uh, when some of these starters get back. Maybe he's the next one to go when Ryan Tapera gets activated the next day, but they will need a fourth outfielder, or so maybe not. But I don't know, man. For some reason, I don't actually mind Alan Hansen as much as Socrates Brito. I kind of like Hansen a little bit, but, man, Socrates Burrito's done nothing up at the plate. At least Hansen's contributed a little bit, and that man can absolutely... I mean, they both can fly around the bases. That's the one thing Burrito has going for him, but... Get him out of my sight, as far as I'm confused. I don't want him on the team no more, and I think everybody that's listening and everybody on Twitter agrees.
0: Especially if all of a sudden you're going to tell me, that, like, Dalton Pompey is healthy tomorrow. <laughs> you're going to pick him over, you know, a burrito over Pompey or something like that. I'm just going to, like, flip my desk over, and there's going to be a loud crashing noise <laughs> warning. <laughs> but it's it's getting to that point where some of – I. They, for all the good moves that they've made, I just can't believe that they're still hedging their bet on this at this point. I understand you just traded for Kevin Pillar and that that was the return, but that was not where you focused your return. It was on the young arm that you got in there. That's what you wanted. These other guys were tossins to level out financials, whatever, clear space, add to rosters. I don't care what it was, but... To tell me that you are all you all of a sudden, you right all now, sudden, this break. second, think that Zachary's Burrito is going to be the next Jose Bautista, he at least needs to be doing that in Buffalo, not in a Blue Jay
1: uniform. Yeah, uh, I, he's got to go down, and nobody's going to claim him right now, just as he said, so I think it's pretty safe they would at least be able to keep him around in the organization. He's shown absolutely nothing at the major league level right now. The last few of that, in a few days that he's been here, that he can contribute and be a
0: decent fourth outfielder. Yeah.
1: Just
0: brutal. And just to clarify, Brendan, I'm not saying that he can't be something. We all have seen this story play out before. Edwin Encarnacion was, clear, was l- cleared waivers the year before he broke out, went down yeah. to Buffalo, and all of a sudden came back up and was Edwin Encarnacion that we know and love. This, I'm not saying he could be that either, but there is always that chance with young players that something finally clicks. And I just think he'd be getting that attention served better with Devon White, Meacham, and everybody that are down in Buffalo to get that focus on getting him right, whatever it might be.
1: Yeah. He's shown it in the minor leagues before, man. There is a little bit of talent there, and that's why Shelly Duncan was advocating for him. But, uh, yeah, he's got to go down there to Buffalo, pressure-free environment, and just go out there and see if he can rediscover something, and he'll get his chance a little bit later in the year if he isn't claimed, if he is dfa
0: Yeah. If we were winning and he just happens to be the rec- extra outfielder, fine, I don't care. But the fact that we're trying yeah. to put something together and mold something to at least make this a fun team, Randall Gritchick and these guys got to be even thinking, come on, what the f- – <laughs> you know, what's going on here? we got to get something going. That We're better than this. And then when you got somebody like that just more or less holding down a roster spot, there's a few of them on this roster now. We only expected one coming into this spring, and that was Elvis yeah. Luciano.
1: <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with you, man. It's uh, it's a little infuriating to see that he's still up here for whatever reason.
0: So, anyways, enough ranting. <laughs> let's talk <laughs> the, the minor off, league stuff. guys, and let's talk uh, Watch first, my friend. He's been back and healthy and doing Vladdy things.
1: Yeah, he absolutely has. He's lo- looking right where he picked off in spring training, and going back out there and absolutely mashing, pitching down in the minor leagues, and I don't know if you want to break this out now or not, but uh, our see, buddy... See, I told
0: you, um, I'm going to let you relay it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our buddy, Mr. Adam Corsair, texted you right before yep. we started recording saying that uh, he got lifted late in the first game. Now, it was the plan for him to not play in this doubleheader, but he got lifted a little bit earlier in game one, so it'll be interesting, and you definitely should maybe keep a little bit of an eye on Twitter just to see if it's watch yet or not.
0: Yeah, there's always that outside chance that we're breaking something on this show, <laughs> whether it's you meeting a new celebrity guest or that's right, <laughs> or if it's um, you know, we um, we did that really quick show It was one of our more popular shows right when Russell Martin got traded. So there's always something. AM and when that's what we're here for on yeah. J-Bird watching. But yeah,
1: well, uh, we always have our Twitter feed up there, so you never know what uh, what's going to happen and what's going to break.
0: So make sure you all stay posted. <laughs> But
1: keep your keep your eyes on Adam Corsair's Twitter account. He is down there right now.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how many beers he's in, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: he's a, he's had a few too much to drink that he's like, Well Vladdy got pulled. We'll I see Vlad's. He
0: <laughs> he's not on the bench yet. He's just sitting right there just <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda hard. For all things, I hope that he isn't, Benny, because I was planning on going to that doubleheader that I was enlightening you to on Saturday this week as they, the Bisons take on the Rail Riders in Buffalo. So plug everybody. If he happens to be there, that's two more games. <laughs> and I heard something about it. It's um, 12 and under kids free day and bring your dog the dog parade thing at the ballpark i don't know it's probably gonna be a crappy buffalo day where it's raining and disgusting anyway <laughs> yeah
1: i i do think that he will get that home stand in buffalo dude just gonna throw the bison the bone and hey man i i would be hedging you my best at this point but he could be up here for that giant series next week
0: yeah you just want to see him take on uh kevin polar in his home and take all the fun out of it right yeah <laughs>
1: Hey, man, that would be a draw. Definitely 100,000% will be at that game if they say Vladdy's coming up for that.
0: Yeah, so in Vladdy's first game back, double, home run, three for four. <laughs> and
1: it wasn't just a regular home run, man. That was a damn moonshot.
0: Yeah, as I quote Jack, Blank, Jack Black, it's a Monster mama Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it live because I made that joke with Teoscar Hernandez's stuff last night along with stupid Looney Tunes Twitter things. (laughs) You're telling me Twitter isn't
1: Looney Tunes all the time?
0: Yeah. I was just thinking, like, how would Teoscar Hernandez's ball have felt if you took that, like, in the field? And I'm like, okay, it's like Wildy Coyote running into a wall. (laughs) Everything's going great, and then wham! (laughs) So, but yeah, he's been doing nothing but... Hit since Vladdy has been reinserted into this lineup, and it's just getting harder and harder to believe that he is going to be staying down any extended amount of time. And more or less, Ross Atkins even agrees at this point (laughs) oh, you'll see him sooner rather than later, (laughs) right?
1: Maybe he's alluding to that series against the Giants, my friend. It's a quick series here in Toronto, so you never know. Maybe he will be up here. Quick two gamer and a three gamer. They're right back out on the road, so that could be a perfect time to get him up here in the major leagues, get a taste of what it's like playing in Toronto, and then you're right back out on the west coast in LA.
0: Yep, it would be nice to work out. But on the rest of the team, we're starting to see Boba Shut come around, and yep. the, and Anthony Alford just continues, like we were alluding to a minute ago, to just continues to hit the ball everywhere. He's been spraying. And he's hitting hard.
1: Yeah, and he's hitting it hard, too. He's up to two home runs now, eight ribbies, 16 total bases. So it's definitely good to see. And if he continues to do that with our good buddy Socrates Brito, who we were talking about earlier, still on this team, maybe Alford will get up here a little bit sooner than we all hope.
0: Yeah. So what day was it? Sunday's game, I believe. Bobachette and Anthony Alford each picked up a steal. Or two steals. Sorry, I take that back. So not only are they hitting, clearly – Anthony Alfred's legs are back under him and looking great. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the key to his game. That's where his power comes from. That's how he plays the game. The way he wants to play it is when he's full throttle.
1: Oh, hundred percent. And he definitely needs those legs to, uh, I mean, it's just like any hitter, you need those legs to be able to take some power behind you, get that torque behind your swing. But, uh, unless and you're he, he, Yeah. Unless you're <laughs> blind. Yeah. You don't need that. Uh, then <laughs> you, you just got pure strength, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's good to see, and he is the true five definition of a five-tool player, and if he can bring that to the major leagues, that's something that this team hasn't had for a very long time.
0: Yeah, so, and actually, that was today that Anthony Alford has two, stri- or two steals along with Bo Bichette, and we are Even better. only about an inning through the first game, at, or the second game at this point, so that's pretty interesting <laughs> i thought it was yesterday sorry hey um, hey
1: trying to take away all this fun from adam corsair
0: <laughs> yeah i gotta do something I mean, especially when he's trading <laughs> me for you this week <laughs> exactly <laughs> i think he's just trying to make sure that we're repping the jaybird watching all all over his south of the sex we We're or south of the six where we're doing this like networking thing with everything
1: <laughs> well that just means he's got to get back on our show no
0: Oh, I know, right? Just got to hurry up. And <laughs> Not too many beers, although I will typically summarize our shows. <laughs> Bar red chat with peanuts hitting the TV. <laughs> so, but throughout the the minor leagues, it's been an interesting season as far the the Bisons have been having like those players standouts. They've only got a couple wins under their belts. The New Hampshire Fisher Cats are hanging around the five hundred line. The Deneen Blue Jays, man throttled by Nate Pearson the other night, looking incredible. They look like a Florida State League championship t- game, team at this point, or at least maybe a first-half victory. But And then I don't even know where he came from because I'm even having trouble placing this one. Otto Lopez for the Lansing Lugnuts, man. He's been just completely crushing the ball, and he hit a giant home run the other night to actually put the Lansing Lugnuts again ahead. It's been very interesting throughout this system so far this season, and you have seen... All the guys we expected to, along with some extras, Brendan. So it's very encouraging to see what this minor league system has been doing so far this season.
1: Oh, 100%. And that's going to be the key, right? Everybody needs to see that this front office has put together a very solid minor league team to be able to feed talent through the entire organization, from single A, low A, every single kind of A's you got there, <laughs> all the way through the double A and triple A as well, and up to the bigs. And This is just the start of that. The one guy who everybody seems to be talking about lately and he's really putting himself on the map as Jordan Groshan. And he's putting himself on everybody's radar quite quickly for a guy who could rise rather quickly to the minor league system.
0: Yeah, th- throughout the week, um, I was telling you before the show, I used to check this website called MLBfarm.com, which has now been kind of turned into MajorLeagueBaseball.com's prospect window, right? Yep. And he Jordan Groshans is on every list for like the last six days as like the top performers in the system. It's insane, and he's right up there with all the guys that you would expect. And with a lot of guys that honestly, Brendan, these could be guys that I would have thought might have been able to break the thirty prospect window that we did earlier this off season that are showing that they might have been actually supposed to be on that list. Hagen Danner has been hitting the ball really hard. (laughs) Uh, Riley Adams, former recent draft pick, has just been annihilating pitches. (laughs) And, um, I happen to be listening to the Around a Nest podcast with Jesse Goldberg, Strassler, and all the minor league announcers. And that was the one that um, Jim Terabocchio was mentioning in spades that he was insanely en- uh, enamored with the fact that Riley Adams is just crushing the ball for the Dedean Blue Jays.
1: I got to listen to that podcast because uh, you are the minor league guru, two of us. So I got to get up to speed with a little bit more than what's going down in Buffalo. I got to get more acclimated with the with the Fisher Cats. I mean, I, obviously, I know the, the bigger okay. names with some of these younger guys, like you're saying. It, it's encouraging, man. And everything that you're saying right now is putting a very big smile on my face. So hopefully that continues.
0: Well, I'm hoping to do that not just to you, but to everybody that might happen to be listening. <laughs> you always and nail you me on the sabermetric stuff, so I got to have something on you.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, you got that. I'll try my best every episode to bring the analytics <laughs> to it.
0: So, Brendan. Um, I think that pretty much hits everything I had on our punch list. Is there anything else you would like to discuss, my friend?
1: I don't think so, other than the fact that this offense continues to not hit through the first six innings at the Major League level. It's uh, unfortunate, but uh, like I put out on Sunday when people were saying when Vlad is going to debut, if you get it right and you follow our podcast, you get the exact date right when we call up. maybe I will uh, treat you to a beer at the Rogers Center if you – a, listen to our podcast, follow us on Twitter, and uh, make or prove it to the both of us that you do follow us and made your guess. and when he'll be up here. So actually, I think we should start that as a, a little game.
0: <laughs> there you go. We can use our $30 of beer drinking money in our sponsorship fund. <laughs> exactly. That,
1: that'll be for our, our, our true listeners and our true fans right there.
0: In true Major League fashion, it is American money. <laughs>
1: even better that is uh that's good news for us canadians who are uh, our dollar is absolute crap right now so that's a lot more canadian dollars <laughs> I,
0: I try to do what i can where i can <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for living in rochester all <laughs> <I know>,
0: right <laughs> so and they, i just love that we always have this like wonderful like i don't think if anybody knew either where we were from they would just assume we were both hanging out in toronto while hanging drinking beer and watching big games all the time and I am going to make a point to, even if it's just me making my way up there very shortly, soon, and taking a ball game. I need to do it. It's been too long. Well,
1: well keep me posted, my friend. We can maybe do a, uh, a show when we're in the same room at the same time in the same country.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's
1: coming together. It's,
0: it, uh, it's freaking me out slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Blue Jays tonight are taking on very the Minnesota perfect. Twins. Aaron Sanchez is on the mound. Then we're going to get Trent Thornton on Wednesday and uh, Clay Buchholz making his second appearance for the Thursday wrap-up game, man. These are all games that That's... the Blue Jays could win if you look at the just strictly on the pitching matchup.
1: Oh, definitely. And Kyle Gibson, is, who's starting tonight, got off to a slow start, as evidenced by a 771 ERA. Oh, Eric Sogard just uh, led off the game with a hit. Nice Eric Sogard see. has
0: been very impressive to me, so far is a spring training Blue Jay and the Buffalo Bison. Honestly, I was not surprised when he got the call. I didn't hear a corresponding forty-man roster move, though. Did you?
1: Uh, that was for Lourdes to go back down, but they actually because, because they no, he's even had options. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved um, Ryan Barocki to the sixty-day disabled list.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense because he's probably already well over thirty. Because it was mid-spring training when he got shut down wasn't it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it was and that's uh, he could be activated may 27th
0: which is probably in the ballpark of the time frame they were already thinking anyway so it's a no-brainer everybody's safe yeah (laughs) absolutely but um the one i'm looking forward to actually watching is the thursday night game trent thornton versus jake odorizzi yeah Uh, and that's Uh, i I just think it's a good matchup
1: i i i hopefully it's not too cold so chance Thornton gets a bit of grip on his break and stuff <laughs> that definitely uh can affect him and we've seen the other pitchers so far in cold weather not have the greatest seal for their break and stuff but uh well and you know what the blue jays have had struggles with go to rizzi in the past on the other ray and i believe he pitched well against them last year so that'll be a tough one but hey man if they can squeeze out tonight they got themselves a guaranteed split and you never know maybe Buckholes can go out there thursday afternoon and beat Pineda, who the Blue Jays have had success with in the past. A split at least here, I would be perfectly okay. If they win three out of four, then considering where they were going into this series at, that's a a huge win and hopefully confidence boosts are going on to Oakland.
0: I love that this series is wrapping up with the former greatness that used to be Michael Pineda and Clay Buchholz, because (laughs) it's like, we expected these guys to be aces. They're going to anchor our staffs for years, and then they're both just like, oh yeah, look, you're in new places. Okay, <laughs> and we're not, and we're not even <laughs> not even close. Although Michael Pineda has been looking pretty good with two wins already and a three zero ERA, but I'm still waiting for you know the the. I'm waiting for the next Pine Tar incident, <laughs> the next this, the next that, <laughs> whatever it might be with the laundry list of problems that have happened with Michael Pineda's career so far, especially when he was a Yankee. And he has like you said, somebody the Blue Jays have had a reputation of beating up over the years, but the catch is none of those people are around anymore, Brendan, so it's always a clean slate.
1: That's right. Absolutely right. So yeah, man, hopefully they can at least pick tonight from Kyle Gibson, who has struggled to start the year. He's not a big strikeout guy, picks up the contact and they can pull that out, then I would uh, be feeling pretty good about maybe being able to take three out of four from the first place Minnesota Twins here.
0: Yep, then the Blue Jays get to continue westward all the way to Oakland, <laughs> and they're going to take on the A's. And Marcus Stroman's going to kick that series off, and nothing else on the docket so far. So hopefully we'll have some more information for you, for and we'll be talking recap on that next week. But That's right. Blue Jays fans, um, it's a chance for us to do something here in these next couple of games against the Twins who are kind of playing with format, it almost feels like still, so, but they're definitely a good baseball team.
1: They are. I think we both said going into the season, they are definitely, at least my team, to get that second wild card spot in a weaker division. So they are a good team. And if they are able to really split, maybe take three out of four, then that should be a confidence booster uh, going into Oakland. And I don't know if Marco Estrada lined up to pitch that series, but it would be a lot of fun to see the Blue Jays play their former uh, change-up master in one of my favorite Blue Jays and Marco Estrada
0: <laughs> It does. It, I when I was watching that uh, highlights of the Japan series and everything, watching him in those disgusting green <laughs> Athletics jerseys had me hurting a little bit. <laughs>
1: I was yeah, I was feeling a little uncomfortable there, especially because I got an Estrada jersey too. It just doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, it went from dark, dark, awesome Blue Jay blue that I like want to drape everything in my house in to like, oh God, what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but yep, that's where we are at, Brendan. So what's going on? What do you got not to do?
1: Not a whole lot. Just uh as I said last week we continued to try to build our listeners over here. Might put up something soonish on uh on, on Jay's journal, but that's kinda died down a little bit over the last little while, trying to build our podcast here. You're
0: having too much fun but, with uh, that, I know I get
1: it. <laughs> I, I know, I you can't keep me you can't you keep me away from Jay's journal. <laughs> but, uh, no, man, I mean, other than continuing to watch games, it's been kind of hard to avoid the Leafs and the Raptors at this point. So if you're a Toronto sports fan with three of your biggest teams uh, in the sports scene going full throttle right now, it's uh, it's been a whole lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and that is exactly why we're down to, like, low, low ends of listeners the last few weeks, and I don't have any problem with it. I'm fine with it. I know you all are going to come back, so keep spreading the word. We're going to make sure we get Brendan as much merc for Jay's, Jay bird watching as we possibly can once we inc- create it. <laughs> <That breaks. laughs> so we can make you poster boy A. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, other than that, man, I know uh, we got some ideas that we're playing around with. Um, we are going to get another live game here. I don't want to do any of the live game stuff until the Leafs Raptors action has sorted itself out with hopefully victories hopefully and yeah, yeah it, it's going to be some fun things we got the morning matches are in full spin you're going to be doing something maybe soon as long as we mm-hmm. figure out what the hell over we are doing <laughs> yeah
1: I was, I was thinking the other day uh, with Game of Thrones back on Sunday as well that uh, kind of Took my attention away from uh, recording, but I kind of want to think about doing a a weekly wrap-up kind of thing at the end of the week, how you cover each individual game, just a quick little five to ten minute thing on the week that was, and maybe even go a little bit more generic MLB with some highlights and maybe touch on some former Blue Jays like uh, Josh Donaldson who finally hit his first home run the other night for the Atlanta Braves, so something like that is going to be in the works, just as a matter of being able to actually sit down and do it
0: anybody wants to have any fun ideas for Brendan, make sure you just blow up the Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Blow, blow up the Bird watching one and blow up my personal one.
0: Yep. All right, Brendan. So that pretty much does the show here. I think we talked everything. We can talk Blue Jays baseball. And everybody knows where to find us at, at Bird Watching G C on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, <laughs> any of the other podcast websites. That's the, it'll be Spotify.com slash GC and all that kind of stuff like that. So make sure you hit those podcast buttons, everybody. Brendan, final words, man.
1: We'll see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. up here on the next homestand. I'm uh, going with that, I guess, San Francisco Giants.
0: If not, he'll be buying notes, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: not, then uh, maybe I'll a few people a beer. <laughs>
0: Good man, good man. So, Brendan Panikar, Craig Borden here with you on J-Bird Watching. It has been a pleasure as always, my friend.
1: Yeah, can't wait to do it again next week, buddy.
0: Yep, we'll figure it all out. We'll have a date out soon. But it'll be another Wednesday wall up edition. Whether it's recorded on a Tuesday on a Wednesday posted, or the vice versa of that.
1: <laughs> or you never know, man. We had that one Friday episode, the uh, frantic Fridays, when we realized we were a little too hungover to uh, to do it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, so it was you the never know. We'll keep week
0: you your- uh, baseball hangover. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right we'll uh, we'll keep you on your toes
0: <laughs> so thank you everybody and go leafs go raptors go blue jays
1: blue jays especially my friend
0: <laughs> game on save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app